Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the PHLY Eagles podcast. It's a playoff Friday. Early in the morning, Zach is fresh and ready to go. He's been up for God knows how long. And we've got the professor in the house, Dana Selman. We've got a lot to talk about. Dive into this matchup for the first time in earnest this week. Professor, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing very well, Zach. Doing great. Excited for the show. Week's gone by quick. We've got Goose Wisely to get to. We've got our Crystal Ball Eagle predictions. We've got lots of data and uh, numbers to talk about and uh, the the matchup here as the Eagles offense looks to see if they can exercise some demons against Todd Bowles for a playoff game in Tampa Bay. We've got the defense. Can they look like, I don't know, one of the like 10 worst defenses in the league instead of the worst defense in the league? We'll see about that. But uh, the first time in league history in in league history. But Zach, uh, a full day yesterday for the first time this week because it's the Monday game. What's the uh, what's the the news coming from the Novacare complex? Well, first off, in in the spirit of taking of responsibility, because we've been talking about that, I saw in the chat someone say PHLY tweeted out that this was going to be at three thirty. I will take responsibility for the, for that. We typically have a Friday schedule mm. uh, where we are at at that time because uh, this is a Monday game. This is a Thursday in Eagles world, so we have to go with what it would typically be a Thursday schedule for the show. So that's. No one at PHLY's fault. That's my well. I'm at PHLY, but that's that's not anyone else's fault but mine. I I, I will take ownership of that. Okay. Um, For the one person complaining. Okay. <laughs> so the the vibe at Novacare this week, it's like all right. There's a game. It's business. There's nothing we can say. There's you know I I heard Devonte Smith say yesterday something of the effect of I have no pep talk for you guys. There's a game this week, right? We'll, we'll we'll get out there. We'll talk after after the game. Brandon Graham. It's like they are curious themselves. Exactly. Like, uh, I, I, don't, I have nothing to say. I want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know what we're going to look like too. Yeah. Like, there's there's no reason. There's there's no explanation. It's not like all right, we're going to start doing this this week because everything, every card that you can play, they've played the past few weeks and it hasn't worked. So now it's basically they're they're. 
a professional football team with prideful players who have a playoff game and the stakes are clear. There's there's no we'll turn it on next week. It's winner go home, right? So they just put out the hype video uh, from the the Eagles account. It's it's Jason Kelsey, you know, narrating it and saying like, "Listen, we are not where we want to be. Yeah. Like we know that we got a lot to do, but." We want it. We exactly. effing want it. But it's like uh, at this stage, they couldn't go to like Bradley Cooper to like uh, hype up the no. team right now. They got to keep it internal. And that's where this is going to be. I don't. I don't want to speak for you because you're you're kind of the host here. But that this is going to be a show where we talk about the game. We've talked about big picture a lot. Yes. Um. So, but I'll say that uh, from like a big picture perspective, I think if if they win this week then you might start to see some of those heavier hitters for those hype videos. But this is one, like you said, for the wild card game. It's not like you could bring in your Kevin Hart, your Bradley Cooper. Do you think if they win this game and they go to San Francisco next week, they'll have Dom do the hype video? Ooh, that, that you know what? <laughs> You're really good at your current job. You'd be great as a marketing guy, as a marketing guy there too. Uh, the hype I, videos I, have I, never gotten to the 2017 level since that year and i'm not just saying that because that year worked out i mean those hype videos literally made me cry before every playoff game like 2017 i mean maybe i was just younger was it just a moment of time too do you think it was i don't know what it was they were so good i yeah there have been decent ones since then refresh my memory what were the 2017 there was like the brian dawkins and 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 just, just like the way they were edited it wasn't necessarily even who the narrator was it was just like the way it was edited the way that they would you know like one of them went back and had um doug peterson talking about how like um seven and nine sucks he's like seven yeah. and nine sucks like like we're yes. not going to be average and like that was like the way it ended mm-hmm. and I, and it was like the like the yeah. like the first training camp practice or something of 2017 and he's like we're not going to be seven and nine we're not going to be average like and just like the way that it was edited and, and put together it was just awesome and then i i thought you know they, they, they didn't hit or miss since and yeah, I haven't really seen today's yet. But. A, a quick funny aside about a hype video is, and I'm saying this because uh, Fletcher Cox is on our show all the time, so it's a, it's a good Fletcher Cox anecdote, is that in 2016, there was a mural with uh, Fletcher Cox and Chuck Menderick and Reggie White and Jeremiah Trotter and Brian Dawkins, like the great defenders. And this was when he had just signed his contract. And so I was doing a big story on, on Fletcher, and I thought, oh, this is an interesting framing device for the story. And so I asked the Eagles, I would love to see this, 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 this uh, mural. Where can I go? You know, we can go with the photographer. We, we can take it. They created the mural just for the video. It's not like a mural that was in Philadelphia uh, it's not somewhere. Real. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like. I mean, it, it was a real mural, but not like uh, one that's I on, see. you know, Ninth and Tasker or something like Wait, that. Wait, so that, was that? It was like the the before week one hype video. Yes, exactly. Okay, I exactly. Um, so so let's get to injuries because Please. we're going to break down the uh, the actual matchups here, but. At the players who did not practice, A.J. Brown, Reed Blankenship, important to monitor their status. I, I can't tell you with confidence either one will be playing this week. I imagine. Really? Uh, I mean, I, I simply don't know yet. That's what I'm saying. I don't have the confidence to say one way or the other there. I didn't speak to either one of them yesterday. Uh, I did not see A.J. Brown. What is the, the official locker. designation for A.J.? Like knee. 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 Uh, Man, and, really and he's not going to play. There's a chance he doesn't play. No, I think he's going to play. You think he's? Going to play? I think he's going to play. I just don't know. I I can't tell you now. Oh, don't worry, everything's fine. He's going. to Your play. understanding, though, is it fair to say is he is more likely to play than Blankenship? I don't want to say that either. I, okay. I I don't have enough information on on that at 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 the moment. But it is it's going to be critical to monitor. Um, but Devonte practiced after not playing in Week 18. 
Yes, and Devontae and Darius Slay are full participants. They're they're going to play. Uh, the the player who popped up on the report is Britton Covey, groin injury limited. Now the player who we can talk about here and who I did speak to is Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts was a limited participant in practice. Jalen, his finger hurts. <laughs> yes, his right middle finger. The it takes a lot to have them the most scrutinized middle finger in Philadelphia. The, the official injury is, report just lists as nice. right big line. Finger, he was waiting for that, which is very funny. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Well, <laughs> that's okay. No, they they have to designate for a quarterback. They have to designate the hand. Oh, that, that's that funny sense. that it's yeah. his right finger though. Okay. Well, yeah. Right. Um. So that's that's why it, it it will always say right or left because for a quarterback. You have to designate the hand. Gotcha. Uh, and, of course, we all remember when uh, Anthony Harris was on the injury report with hands, both hands. <laughs> we all remember that. The yes. week before or the week after, I think he was on the injury report for groin. And so it was like, whoa, what has Anthony Harris been doing? <laughs> Only you put those two things together. I, think, I, I thought that was, a, that was, a, those two that was definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was so, very funny. so Jalen Hurts, who... He said yesterday, no, at practice, by the way, I was there for the beginning portion that we were uh, allowed to attend. They were out on the field. They changed from a walkthrough to a practice. They were in pads, and he did not do much. They had a ball security drill, and he did not do his typical work for the ball security drill, and he he had a glove on his right hand. Uh, When I spoke to him before practice, Jalen said that he had not thrown the ball yet that week, so it was Thursday. The injury occurred on Sunday. He said that it was not a smart idea for him to go back into the game uh, on Sunday. He said that he couldn't really do much with a popped out finger. He said that uh, that it hurt him quite a bit the day after. Like it hurt more the day after than it did that day. I asked him what is more difficult to do, throwing the ball or handling the ball, right? The gripping. Mm. In other words, if you're gripping and ripping it, like they say, right. is it harder to grip it or rip it? And he said everything's hard to do with a popped out middle finger or with a popped out finger. Uh, so this is now I I don't I've said this on the show. I try to be transparent. I don't know Jalen well. Uh, you know, there's some players I know much better, uh, but I've covered Jalen purposely. For, that is how he wants it. Yeah, I've covered Jalen for three years now. I'm I'm there in that seat uh, just about every Wednesday uh, in every post game. And I, I can say that he's especially vague and coy about injuries. Does not like to talk about injuries. He was more forthcoming yesterday than he typically is for Jalen's standards. So there's one of two ways to look yeah, at it. Yeah, what do you this. make of that? This is either, from, from my perspective, this is either really bothering him, and he's kind of establishing that now because who knows what could happen on, on Monday night. Maybe. But he has had things that are bothering him in the past, so why yeah. why would he be establishing that now? So either it's it's going to affect it, – it could affect him to the point that – He's getting ahead of it, you think? He's getting ahead of it. Okay. Or yeah, th- there could be myth-making here. Like, mm. like Jalen – Jalen does like to build up this narrative, right? He's not – he might be uninterested in – uh, the the media and, can, and considering us rat boys, and he's very interested in his image and, and crafting that right. And it's it's not beyond him to create this, you know, this uh, this idea that he was he was dealing with something, and yeah, he gutted it out, and they had this big win, and it's almost like the Jordan flu game, right? <laughs> Which he already tried to do in Seattle. <laughs> in Seattle and, did not quite not work. Him, you know, he was act. He was definitely very sick. Yeah, um, but. We talked about the playoff game in Tampa a few years ago, coming out with the walking boot after the game. Right. 
Um, there have been times where after the fact, he's talked about how, how crazy the injury was, right? So, yeah, or, or maybe he just decided yesterday was the day to be forthcoming. Who knows? But uh, this well, is certainly one to monitor. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Last week on this show, you talked about, you know, how you were a little bit disappointed in thinking back about how he could have stood up for Sirianni after the Seattle game, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about this this week. Has your, not opinion, but like your perspective of Jalen as like the face of the team changed a little bit over the second half of the season? It feels like there's, yeah. there's a little bit of movement here on your end. No, no, I I, I wouldn't say movement in that regard. Um, I I think Jalen has, like, I respect his, his toughness, his character, uh, his work ethic. Like, I, I think all of that is true. I think that sometimes when you're winning, that can be perceived a certain way. And when you're losing, that, you know, it's the Bull Dorm quote that I reference all the time where he had fungus in his shower shoes and they say, you win 20 in the show and they call it colorful. When you, you know, when you're in the minors though, you're just a slob, right? And I said this with Carson Wentz at the time too. When, when things are going well, you're like type A and exacting. And when things aren't going well, then you're like standoffish distant, and yeah, yeah, distant, yeah. right? So the framing device often depends on if you're winning and, 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 and or if you're losing. So uh, I'm simply saying that. And do you think that that is a thing that's going on in the building right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the eyes are on the quarterback at all times and how he deals, how he handles things at all times is watched, it's analyzed, it's scrutinized. And so when things aren't going well, if, if how, how you operate, uh, and what you say and what you do and what you don't say and what you don't do uh, is interpreted. Uh, and as we said with, with A.J. Brown last week, by the way, that in the absence of your explanation for things, then people form their own narratives and interpretations. Well, and it's opinions. like the thing he said yesterday about, you know, you know, sort of pointedly saying, like, you don't know what you don't know to the media which is true. Of course, that is true. Yeah. Like we are at a, a huge information deficit. But if you are going to stand up there every week and not talk about these things and not give information, then you can't really complain about people filling in the narrative where they sure. where they think they can. Right. Sure. Like it's one or the other. Exactly. Yeah. If yeah. I can add something from a fan, fan perspective, I mean, you guys are, are in the media, you're objective analysts. Like I'm not, I'm a fan. Like I want him to say things that will, that I think will help the team. And I've been disappointed in mm. the way that he hasn't come out and been more of the uh, public leader and face of the team. I mean, I, I really thought that in this situation that he would feel the need to do that. And I know it's not in his personality to come out and be rah-rah, but for AJ Brown to come out and and say like, that was me and Jalen doing that. And, 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 you know, Sirianni like made himself look like a fool for that or whatever. And Jalen to never have done that. I know we know we talked about that before. And then, you know, with McLean's thing, like that, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, at some point I'd like him to come out a little bit more assertively and, and make it seem like, look, like, Things aren't going well right now, but like we're gonna get it right, and you know, like make it seem like I'm on top of this. The guys are following me, and you guys are gonna see kind of thing. Interesting. Instead of like I don't know if I can throw the ball, you yeah. know, like it's like like you're not creating confidence for a team that already doesn't have a lot of confidence right now 
when you say, we'll see how it is. We'll see how it goes. We're going to take it day by day. I'll, I'll see if I can, I can put my glove on my finger to throw the yeah. ball today. I mean, like, that's not a great starting point for uh, getting ready for a playoff game. And it doesn't, it doesn't give the fans confidence. And this fan base, and I, and I don't know how much they care about the fans, but this fan base does not need, like, you know, to, to wonder if the quarterback's going to be able to throw the ball, like, like right now. So, so, said, good thing they're on the road. Yeah, yeah. I, that was a little unfair. Yeah. He did say before yeah, that, yeah. just to be fair, he did say before that that, you know, like, I wish we were at home because the fans deserve, deserve it and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'll say, and that's great perspective for me um, because I tend to kind of perceive all of these fairly even-keeled, um, and I, I, I put it this way because I know those who respond to something on Twitter – uh, are not representative of the entire fan base, and but I'll defer to to those people who consume the content and the chat to say this. There have been a few examples recently. I think of the McLean thing yesterday that that you referenced. The, you don't know what you don't know. Um, the Seattle game when he talked about like the dictionary, right? There have been times when those same interactions in the past would have been met by fans with, "Oh, he's dunking on the media," right? And now it's kind of like, "Come on, Jalen," you know? Right. Um, so. I, I, again, I, I don't want to say that's representative of the fan base, but it is speaking to what I'm saying is 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 that when you're winning, your your actions and your words interpreted a, a different way sometimes than when you're losing. Yeah, and there are things that he doesn't want to say. Like A.J. Brown said that I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be negative, yeah. but then I realized all my teammates have to speak for me, sure. and so I felt like I should, I should speak. Well, you're the franchise quarterback, right. and when you don't say anything, yep. it's not just your teammates. It's like the, the media itself just starts like, saying things exactly. on your behalf right and it's like you can you can if you say anything interesting during those seven minutes you're up there like that will be the news well it's he has the same power that sirianni does of taking re- exactly. responsibility for things and covering for other people right like he i think he's more power right right right, right. Exactly. He's, he's, his job's not in jeopardy his right. personality right. also makes it easier for him i mean we're at the point now where sirianni is 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 using like weird offensive stats and saying we're in the top 10 in this and we're in the top 10 in that to defend himself in a, in a press conference before a playoff game. Yeah. What did you make of that Zach? Oh, I think Nick's uh, like the Super Bowl thing is he's, he's, he's I think putting, putting on his resume, like, yeah. so, like not in terms of, uh, I think he's trying to tell the fan base and maybe the team like, Hey, and maybe the league, maybe the league. But, but I think this is in particular, Oh, you're complaining about the offense. This is a top 10 offense in every stat that we look at. And that's what I said the other day. When you and I were in Studio B, and I said that I think in, internally the the way they look at the offense might be different than externally, and on the coaching staff. So yeah, so yes. so that's where you're probably right. Is that I'm not I can't speak for Jeffrey and Howie on that, but I think the coaching staff views it differently. The coaching staff, as you pointed out, is is looking at third down, red zone. Uh, they'll they'll tell you the only difference between this year and last year are the turnovers are up, which. Um, you know, we can say it's not a sticky stat. And then they'll talk about the explosive plays. Uh, and they will reference the explosive plays as the way the defense is playing them. So, um, yeah. I mean, look, you can nitpick at the stats. Exactly. You can say, well, look, they're 12th in passing DVOA on offense. 12th, you know, with, with, with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and this offensive line yes. that everyone still agrees is the best offensive line in football yeah. uh, and Jalen Hurts and you're only 12th in, huge in passing DVOA. And that's a disappointment. I mean, you can't, you can't just point to like, this is, the, this is top 10 and that's top 10. Everything's barely top 10. Yeah. You know, last year it was like top three. Sure. Um, it's and, a sliding and, scale. And yeah. not for nothing, passing offense is the most important of the four things, right? right? Like right. by a wide, wide margin. Right. So for them that's to right. be underperforming there is 
hugely significant. And also, not to get nerdy about the way distributions work, but I know Shield talks about this a lot too. Like, there's a bigger difference between third and tenth than you know, like like than than people might think. Right. Like like usually there are some outliers at the top, and you were one of those last year. Hmm. When you're tenth, you're you're usually closer to to right. being sixteenth like than you are exactly. to being. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're. It's a kind of normal distribution. Sure. You're kind of near that that normal part of it the the you know um the the crowded part of it and so that's not where we wanted this offense to be now having said that i've been defending i've been defending the offense but that's mostly in in context of where the defense is which is a like unacceptable unplay you know like unwatchable uh product right now anything else uh from yesterday at the complex before we get into the offense and this matchup in particular not specific to the uh game it's itself there's big picture stuff that i imagine we'll tackle but, no, I, I think this is a good time to get deep into this game. All right. Well, before we do that, uh, you know, we've got our playoff watch party coming on Monday night for the game. Where are we going to be? Well, it's going to be a Wicked Wolf. And it's presented by Smooth Tea because uh, I think there are a lot of people who feel like they probably need a drink to watch the Seagulls team at this state of the season. Hate to burst your bubble, but if you are still settling for spiked seltzers that leave you bloated and unsatisfied in 2024, you are settling for less than you deserve. Maybe that's how the Eagles feel. Smooth tea is in questionable. Smooth tea is in, rather. Questionable ingredients and bad aftertastes. Those are out. Smooth tea packs a premium vodka punch with real tea flavors that go down easy. Unlike other canned cocktails, smooth tea is free of artificial flavors and sweeteners, creating the perfect blend of top-shelf quality Kiki Vodka and real black tea brewed to perfection. No bubbles, no BS. Just 100 calories, 5% alcohol, 3 grams of sugar, and gluten-free goodness without the guilt or the gut. Smooth Tea is here to give your taste buds the indulgence they've been craving, craving with quality and ingredients you can count on every single time. If you want more of the tea, follow at Official Smooth Tea and at Kiki Vodka on Instagram to see what all the hype is about and stay up to date on events, new flavors, and all things smooth. Once again, we will be live with Smooth Tea for our Eagles watch party on Monday night at Wicked Wolf on Chestnut Street. Me and Jamie Lynch in the house. And Julia. And Julia. Visit, I don't know, maybe Julia wants a night off. Who knows? (laughs) Visit drinksmoothtea.com to purchase or locate a retailer near you. Home delivery is Restricted to Pennsylvania residents only. Must be 21 or older to purchase and consume. Please enjoy responsibly. And then, and, and then speaking about uh, taste buds, uh, what I'm craving right now is a Brooklyn-style bagel that I don't need to go to Brooklyn to get because it's made in Philly. And I'm talking about huge bagels. That's, that's what you get with Bagels & Co. They're the biggest bagels in Philly. There's a large variety. So it's not just big in size. It's big in variety. 15 to 20 different types that you can choose from daily. They have seasonal bagels. And also, I, I don't want a dry bagel, right? I like my bagel toasted. But then I want different types of cream cheeses on it. And they no, have, I don't agree that I always want my bagel toasted. If you got a fresh bagel, oh, that's no. way better than a toasted bagel. Yeah, I, I like it extra toasted. You know, I, I want it a little dark. You that, just want that, toast. That is, that is an insane take. Are, are, don't, don't like the top bagel places like refuse oh, yeah. to toast uh, that's their That's a bagels? big thing in yeah. uh, like the, like the classic let's, New York bagels. Yeah, 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 do yeah, not toast the bagel. Let's get to that in 30 seconds because wow. I just want to finish telling you about, about bagels Might and go. Might be more of it. I'll <laughs> the fresh bagel. The move to do when you go to a bagel place is ask what is the most recently out of the oven. That's what I want. Well, when you go to Bagels & Co, Make sure you do that. And, and by the way, if you're wondering where Bagels and Co are, just go to, to www.bagels.com. 
andco.com slash store locator. And you you can get those bagels toasted or untoasted with 30 different flavors of cream trees. And they're an affordable brand. So you're not spending your entire budget on these bagels and cream cheese uh, that the they have they also have really good coffee it's not like seven dollar coffee this is the type of coffee that fits within your budget as well Working man's coffee. for the best brooklyn style bagels made right here in philly head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store locator to find the closest bagels and co near you there are places that'll run you out of the shop if you ask for toasted. Yeah. Is that right? Is that yeah. like asking for ketchup on a steak or something? Uh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Some, in some places, in some places yeah. yeah. It's, it's really? akin to that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, as someone who has, has Montreal blood, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Montreal bagels are, I mean, you know, I love bagels and co, but Montreal bagels are what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always had it growing up toasted. Montreal song. What's that? That's the French word for yeah. blood. I always had it toasted. I've I always had my bagels toasted growing up. Yeah, I mean, a toasted bagel is like you have bought, um, you know, like Thomas bagels from the supermarket, and you're trying to spruce it up. Like, yeah, I think a, that's if the you, idea. If you're going like to when you're bagel, getting you're going fresh. to a bagel place, right. I always get it toasted. That's interesting. Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. People have been workers have been judging you for all these years. Yeah. Oh, here now comes, that here comes Toast Boy. <laughs> now that's gonna be on my keeps, mind. He keeps asking. Seriously. Mm. You know what's interesting because uh, it, it doesn't track with. I would have expected you to like go to the bagel place, be like, "What's good here? What do you recommend?" Yeah, they would, I, not, they I, would not recommend the toast. I I asked. I was at a bagel shop the other day, um, and I asked which one they 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 recommended, and they said the sesame. Uh, seed bagel, and I'm like, well, I couldn't pick I that. I had a sesame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm asking of all your eclectic flavors, which okay. you know, I'm trying to live dangerously here, right? Probably uh, tells you that they didn't really want to indulge the question. Probably like, not. Yeah. Early probably in the not. morning, like, don't ask me what yeah. I want. I'm just here to do my job, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was that kind of conversation. It was okay. that kind of conversation. Right. I mean, at Dunkin' Donuts, they're very dumb. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel, I, you know, listen, I feel bad. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but. No, you don't. I mean, I'm always trying to be better. So this is, but the problem is I don't want to offend the bagel shop, mm. but I also have my proclivities. But that said, I'm, I can evolve. Um, I just feel, I, I always like my bagels toasted. So I'll try an untoasted bagel next time. Okay. All right. Speaking of uh, toast. <laughs> The Eagles offense against the Blitz uh, has been mostly toast. And we know that Todd Bowles is going to bring that Blitz. I think they are the third highest uh, Blitz rate team uh, on defense in the league after the Eagles played Wink Martindale last week and pretended as if they had never heard about the concept of a Blitz. Uh, we, we, we I talked about, like, you know, the full circle here and exercising the demons. The, the first year of Nick Sirianni, they go to Tampa Bay, and the whole story is that Todd Bowles has completely flummoxed that offense which is what happened they have a chance to maybe get back on that they did it in week three what is your uh, your level of confidence that they can do that this week oh yeah um first of all i really enjoyed the episode yesterday with shield Thank you. Um, I and, did too. And Shield kind of, uh, you know, delegated this job of talking about the blitz to to me. Yeah, he knew he knew that this was on. Yeah, he knew I had it, he knew I had it ready. Um, so I fully agree with Shield that the coaching staff has let Jalen Hurts down. Like in in terms of that discussion of you know whether it be the blitz or or, or anything else, I think the film confirms that uh, far more often than it than it disputes it. Um, but yeah, Shield said he'd have me talk about the blitz stuff, so let's do it. Um, big picture, 
Uh, the Eagles were blitzed 39% of the time this year, which is the second most in the league. Yep. Uh, 48% on third downs, which was the, the most uh, in the league. Um, and also the highest of uh, big, like six or more pass rushers, right? Yes, yeah, like zero like blitzes. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and, and by the way, that's an interesting difference between Todd Bowles and, and, and Wink Martindale that, that, that we should get into in a second. Um, the, uh, I heard Fran Duffy uh, on his podcast this week to say that the Eagles were 11th in success rate. He has you know, access to fancier stats than we do, um, than I do at least. Um, uh, 37% success rate, which was 11th in the league. Um, which is surprising. Um, you you wouldn't think it would be that high. Um, but there have been some obvious shortcomings on film, right? So so what are the reasons? I think it's a combination of things, and it's obviously a combination of things, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like like I don't know rank them, I guess. Okay. The lack of hot routes and site adjustments that like everyone talks about, I think, is number one. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, running four verticals against a cover zero blitz when like just one guy running an inbreaker is going to be wide open. You can just see it on film. It's like you know, like watching on film. It's always easy to be like run that way. You know, right. it's like I'm watching it on like slow motion. But um, it just seems like it's happened enough now that when there's no middle of field safety against a cover zero, like you, like any kind of inbreaker is going to come open. And then if if that's built into your play, that's probably going to be better than you know throwing the over shoulder ball to, to Devonte um, kind of thing. The second one, like the game, like the Arizona game against Arizona on the third and five. Yeah. Um, And there have been so many other instances of that. The second one I've heard talked about a little bit less, but just like watching. I do wonder, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. yeah. The the first one. Yeah. It seems so obvious, right? That if we're trying to figure out why they're not doing that. Right. Is there a case that it's like Jalen doesn't want this? I mean, maybe, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It befuddles me because it seems so easy. That's the, and uh, to the topic that it's so easy, like as a quick 15 second aside, my son's getting really into Madden now. And it's like the, the most simple thing to do. Made Michael Dunn 99 overall. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's, it's the most simple thing to do is, is to run a hot route um, or like to change the route depending right. on what the coverage is. Uh, so if it's like something that a six year old can do playing Madden, then right, like Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson have have like, seen blitzes before. Yeah, but there's, right. like, but there's also there's a difference between hot route and and quick game, right? Yeah. So like going back to the week three game, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more in week three. A lot of times the Eagles were able to beat the blitz by just throwing like a slant, which was already part of the sure. part of the right. uh, plan for the play. Like it, it's not necessarily the tight end has to like understand it's a blitz and change his route. You could also call routes that are quicker against you know, on right. plays where you anticipate blitz. And I think that that's been lacking a little bit, like running four verts on a third down where you're sure. likely to get a blitz. Wink Martindale. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, what do you like, you know, now Kelsey like, said after the game, they, they, they had, they had answers that they just couldn't get into. They, they couldn't get to. Right. And, and, and part of that I think is the protection as well. Okay. So, and I know Kelsey's taken blame for this. So this was my second one. And I think okay. it kind of links to, and Sirianni also yeah. said, sometimes we have hot routes. Sometimes yeah. when you have, a seven-man protection, you can't really have that. And sure. that makes sense, too. It's like you're expecting the protection to hold up, and then you have to let the routes um, right. let's run out, because there you're maybe looking for a bigger play. So both the calls and the execution of the pass protection, so I've been noting mentally for the past several weeks, and then I went back and actually looked through my notes, you know, like play-by-play notes of this. Um, the film notes do support this. There have been some bad protection calls that didn't give a chance for there to not be an unblocked guy. And when that happens, like in a seven man protection, right, 
um, you've got seven guys blocking against four or five, and a guy's still coming unblocked. It's going to be really hard yeah. to be successful on that play. Like it's 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 you know even if a guy does like stop hot or whatever, they have you know they yeah. have enough guys, um, you know, uh, in coverage, coverage that you're not going to be able to to do that. And then when the quarterback scrambles to the side where the routes yeah. aren't, everyone's like, why is he scrambling that way? And it's like, well, the guy came from this direction and all that. And Todd Bowles in particular is very good at bringing the blitzer from the side that's going to do that. Yeah. And 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 we can talk about that. Um, in a second with Kelsey, it's happened so rarely, like it happened on one play in the Super Bowl, the play before the, the fourth and three, the famous fourth and three punt right. where he, he slid the protection, the wrong side. The guy came unblocked off the edge. Jalen had to scramble. There was an open guy, but he had to throw it away. And that was so rare last year. I remember like thinking that was in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And I was thinking like, oh, of all the times for this sure. to happen. Right. And I, and this year it hasn't been that rare. Right. It's It's been happening more. And Jordan Mailata's on WIP a lot. Like he does like the players lounge yeah, on, and stuff on, on like Mondays, that. Yep. And one of the things that that does when he's, he's on there for so long is he ends up saying a little bit more <laughs> than he normally would maybe um, to the media. And he said this week that defenses know that Kelsey's the smartest guy on the field. And have been giving them what he called crazy looks to fool him. And Kelsey's also admitted that, you know, I get the protection call wrong sometimes. And like, you know, last year against the Giants, when they were doing a lot of these um, exchange blitzes where two guys are dropping out and three guys are coming in and all that, I was marveling at how Kelsey always seemed to get it right. It's like, how did they know that, you know? And this year um, against that same Giants team, that wasn't the case. There were, there were clear plays in this last game where the slide was to the wrong side and you had, you know, three guys blocking two guys and then you had two guys trying yeah. to block four guys, you know. Um, so that's been that's been part of it. Um, and then the is third one is... Is there also a part of that where there are times when the call is correct, they are going max protect and Jalen is still bailing early? Yes, exactly. That's the third one. Okay. So he's being careless which way he bails, not keeping his eyes downfield. Sometimes he has the choice of which way to bail because the protect, because the, the rusher's coming in his face and, okay. and, he, and, and there's like a three-level stretch concept to one side, meaning all the routes are going to the right and he bails to the left. Or now, all the routes bailing, are going to the left and he bails to the right. Um, and, 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 then he has, and then it's a throwaway. If, if I can uh, chime in real quick, regarding bailing, I, I spoke to a coach one time who said, you know, when, when we were talking about different things against the blitz, one thing he, he liked to do was get his quarterback on the move, right? Especially if the blitz is coming in, get the quarterback out on, on the... Ha, have on the play the, design be that way. Ex exactly. Is right. this Jalen bailing, or do you see the play design going? No, in? no, no. It's, it's him bailing. And, okay. and I wish there was more of him on the move. There's mm -hmm. been like one game since Sirianni's been here. It was, it was against Denver. Uh, his, uh, yeah, what, I what year that. was the game First in Denver? Year where there was a lot of like designed moving pocket stuff yeah, okay. and that was against Fangio. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know why, like it was in that game, like they decided to do that, but I thought it worked really well. And I thought a, maybe it would be offensive game for them. Yeah, yeah. It was an incredible first half on offense. And Dylan's best passing game of that season. I, I mean, I called him Brady esque during the <laughs> game and people were, were laughing at me because at the time, like, you know, he wasn't considered like sure. a top quarterback. Um, so like I was thinking like, Oh, this is a good, this is a good way to handle some of these, some of these pressures. And there's been so little of that. I mean, and and I think that one of the things that this team has been guilty of, and I think these things are all related to each other. Why don't you have hot routes? Well, because we have Jason Kelsey and he's gonna he's gonna set up the protection perfectly. Why don't you have this? Well, because we have Jalen Hurts and he's gonna be able to, you know, move and make the play himself. Why don't you have that? Well, because we have AJ Brown and he's gonna win like right. one on one. Everyone is trusting someone else to <laughs> take care of it. You know what I mean? It's like, and the coaches aren't considering the possibility that that one of their you know superheroes isn't gonna get it right like kelsey might mess it up jalen might mess it up you know aj brown might not catch it like 
make it easier. You right. know what think, I mean? Yeah, think like, about how much you could help like, and how much better those superheroes would be if they had a little bit of your that, help. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. And, and, and I think, and I've, I've, I've felt that like Brian Johnson says, you know, we have to give everybody the tools and the answers, yep. but it's like a lot of times I feel like the answers for the coaches are, well, we have better players and they can handle it. And Kelsey's always been able to handle this. And, and Jalen's been, you know, been able to be a hero in these situations, but we're seeing that that's not well, consistent. Yeah, and, and, and you just think about it, um, philosophically from like a time allocation standpoint like if you were if you were spreading your turkeys on how i can spend time like if i if i sort of let aj be aj and jason be jason and and you know jalen do what he needs to do then i can i can work on some of these other things but i'm not seeing that necessarily manifest either and so like why don't you spend more time on on maximizing what could what you could get from these you know tentpole players these these uh, foundational players. Yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and we've been talking about the schematic deficiencies of this offense for weeks now, and I, and it's related to to that. Yeah. Okay. Now, how about from a uh, like a Bucks defense perspective? What should we be expecting here? Yeah. So overall, Tampa Bay forty nine percent blitz, uh, third highest. And uh, week three against the Eagles was their highest uh, blitz rate of the year. Um, not that surprising. That, you know, it's like the most blitz team and, and, sure. and then the most blitzing team. Now, and as you talked about, there the the Bulls. You know, the, the the famous thing from that playoff matchup was they were bringing all that pressure from his right to force him to his left. That's right. So first of all, Tampa Bay. I mean, they're very good at blitzing everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like 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 both safeties, um, the corners will blitz, the the linebackers will blitz. Um, and one of the things they do, so in that game, there were 42 dropbacks, including the penalties. This is from my own from my own charting, so the this might not game, match. Not week okay. three game, yeah, week three game. Um, there were 16 true blitzes, and by true blitzes, I mean um, either a linebacker or a defensive back is, is blitzing, okay? And it's more than four total blitzing. Okay. So there were 16 of those. There were nine other plays where you had a D back or a linebacker blitzing, but then with linemen dropping out, it ended up being a four man rush. Okay. Those don't count as blitzes on some, some of the, um, yep. some of the charting things. Those the not- number, <clears throat> by the way, the uh, number that I've been going off from that game is 23 total blitzes, 23 total blitzes. Okay. Yeah. So there were 16 that I counted and then yeah. there were seven blitzes where it was just the five defensive linemen rushing. Right. Okay. Those so are probably the 23. Those rush. are the 23 yeah. you have. Yes. I would say that those seven where the linemen are rushing are, are pretty uninteresting. Okay. Like in terms of how to handle it, the, uh, like, like the Eagles offensive line can handle that. Like right. everyone knows who they're blocking. It, that's not a problem. I would be more interested in the nine exchanges. And so those are the ones I went back and watched more carefully. On those nine exchanges, they were all zone coverages. So anytime Bowles does that, it's a zone coverage behind it. Those other blitzes, by the way, nine zone, seven man. So like like when it's a, when okay. it's just one adding in, you don't know if it's going to be man or zone just from the fact that they're blitzing. But when they do the exchange, it's almost always zone because you don't want Vita Vea sure. like covering right. the running back and man, right? And Otherwise, Vita Vea, you do Hassan Reddick. Right? Vita Vea will drop. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, we can yeah. talk about the Eagles version yeah. of this yes. uh, later. Um, but the the... Those nine exchanges on seven of the nine, the added rusher. So the whether it yes. what, it was usually the slot corner in that game, Christian Izian, the rookie, or or sometimes it was a linebacker or a safety, came from Jalen's right side. So seven of the oh, nine is coming from the right side, and then yeah. the guy dropping is dropping into into the other side. And there were mixed results on those. Like on one of them, there was a third and five when Dallas Goddard was open on an over route. Jalen bailed early to his left. The routes were all going to the right. And it ended up being a throwaway and a punt. But later, on the 34-yard touchdown to OZ, very similar exchange. It was a cover three exchange where they they blitzed um, uh, uh, Levante David, and they dropped 
the uh, one of the defensive linemen into coverage, and Jalen hung in the pocket, Steps trusted yeah. the protection, stepped up. The three-level stretch was covered. The backside dig from OZ uh, turned into a touchdown. So one of the best plays of the year. It really was. Um, so it was it was mixed. Uh, it was mixed results overall in that game. I thought the offense handled the blitz okay um, through a combination of of the quick game concepts and also running the ball right, like heavy run. Um, there were a lot of runs that that hit well against um, against blitzes in that game uh, as well. That is my other question to you here because I think uh, you said that that Lane Johnson was. Did he talk yesterday? Was he did that, not talk yesterday. Okay. Yeah, but but the 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 idea that the Eagles think they can at least win this game on the line of scrimmage, right? Do you feel like this is DeAndre Swift coming off of uh, not having to play in Week 18 with the illness? This is like a ride DeAndre Swift game, especially if A.J. Brown is banged up and maybe even not going to play? Certainly could could be. I mean, that Week 3 game, super efficient for the Eagles offense, uh, 52% success rate in the run game, which is very high. That's on 42 runs. I think that was Swift's Um, last 100-yard game this year, right? That might have been. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. Um, heavy 12 and 13 personnel. So uh, there were uh, Eagles were only 55 percent and 11 personnel that game, 70 percent for the season. 36 snaps and heavy personnel threw the ball on almost half of those. So they were very good run pass balance out of the heavy personnel. Tampa Bay will match heavy personnel mm-hmm. with base. So they'll have their five two four base personnel out there. And the Eagles were doing a good job um, attacking that in the passing game. But running game, uh, it was just a really good game uh, for the Eagles. I mean, just and you know started with a with a pistol twelve personnel outside run to kind of set the tone that we're going to go outside. You have to worry about outside as well. But if you remember the DeAndre Swift hurtling uh, Antoine yep. Winfield play, I mean that's just an inside zone run where the offensive line is just just dominating inside. Uh, you know against um, those big D tackles. So. Uh, it was just a really impressive. It's interesting because one of the few uh, one of the few notes I have here is the the Bucks defense fourth in the league in success rate against twelve personnel, twenty hmm. eighth in success rate against eleven personnel. So interesting that the Eagles had so much success going against that in week three. Yeah, that yeah, I guess I, I didn't I didn't know that stat, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's how it was that game. They will, I mean, they they, they do match twelve with base all the time. So I'm I'm interested what the run pass uh, splits on that. On that are but uh but yeah in that game the eagles were really good and and the run game was pretty simple i mean there are some games where the the run game is super fancy that game was mostly inside zone some zone read um there was a really good uh 29 yard uh run uh, late in the game on counter uh but otherwise it was mostly zone stuff and it, and it worked really well all right well uh, i'd expect heavy personnel for sure uh, eagles have been heavy personnel of late as well last two or three games has been a lot more uh, 12 and 13 once they realize and there's Julio no viable side. third wide receiver yeah, on the exactly. team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anything else on the offense before we switch sides? Um, on the offense, in terms of uh, dealing with the blitz in that game, we talked about how it was a lot of quick game and stuff. One of the things that um, was comforting in that game, one of the ways the Eagles tried to handle the blitz going back to the 2021 game and also a lot of games this year, much to the chagrin of fans, are those bubble screens sure. and tunnel screens, right? The 2021 playoff game was like a farce of, sure. of like bubble, 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 tunnel, 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 and they all failed, right? It was just a disaster. Uh, I think the, Aikman was killing them that game, right? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, I listened, yeah. uh, you know, as a true fan, I listened yeah. to Merrill, but, uh, okay. you know, no, uh, um, yeah, and no, I listened to Aikman after, and yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad. Um, was it Aikman, though? Well, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Um, so in, in that week three game, three of the first six dropbacks were screens. Uh, that got one, eight, and three yards. And I was like, oh, no, you know, this is going to be another one of these. Um, but then they did a really good job of just not going to it again. There, there were no other screens the whole game until the very last drive when there was actually a, a first down on a bubble screen in that 
drive that, that if you recall, the nine minute, 22 uh, second, uh, four minute drill at the end. Yep. All right. Before we go to the defense, let's talk quickly about FOCO because FOCO, you know about FOCO. It's a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. The best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Still, it's still the football season, people. And they've got overalls. They've got hoodies. They've got hats. They've got sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. And they always have your back for Philly sports. They've got ours, too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY10 for 10% off. And then let me tell you about Rocket Money, uh, because if you have if you have subscriptions you're trying to forget about, or you paid twice and you didn't realize it, uh, or they're it's tricky and time consuming to cancel the subscription, Rocket Money will do it for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscription, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all your subscriptions in one place, and if there's something you don't want, cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. That's rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. Rocketmoney.com slash PHLY. All right. Uh, avert your eyes or close your ears if you want to uh, not listen to this conversation about the fledgling Eagles defense. But Daniz, how are we feeling? Well, let's go. <laughs> let's 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 start with with the good. Um, week three in Tampa was yeah. the Eagles' best defensive performance of the year. I you think thought. so. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Okay. Yeah, it was it was just so dominant. Um, by EPA per drive, it was the best. By series mm. conversion rate, which is what something I refer to a lot. A uh, couple drops. Yeah, yeah. maybe like given the given the strength of the opponent, yeah. maybe Miami was more impressive. But just okay, in terms anyway, of like it. just dominating the opponent, sure. like I, you know, if I can um, cut you off real quick yeah. on on just one thing, we didn't say at the top, but it will help with the baseline for this conversation. Baker Mayfield did not practice yesterday; has right. a- ankle ribs injury. Uh, I'd I'd expect him to play, but he's clearly dealing with something. Uh, Tristan Wirfs did not practice yesterday because of an illness. I jokingly tweeted yesterday that Kyle Trask versus Matt Patricia might be a fair fight. <laughs> no, but 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 I quickly added that I was, of course, I was being uh, overly generous to to Patricia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Drew Locke and you know Tyrod yeah. Taylor. Yeah, okay. right. Um, so Tampa Tyrod. Bay only had twelve first downs in the whole game uh, out of twenty opportunities. That sixty percent conversion rate is is very low. They only had four successful run plays the whole game uh, out of 16. Um, the Eagles' interior defensive line in particular was dominant. And this was back when Hassan Reddick wasn't comfortable yep. with his, you know, right. he, he, had, he played 31 snaps and didn't have a single statistic in the game. Yep. Uh, Josh Sweat didn't do a whole lot either. It was all about the interior defensive line just dominating. And, and were they playing more even fronts or odd fronts? Were they playing? It was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely more even fronts. Okay. And one of the, uh, and, and yeah, we, we got to get to the five man front thing. It is driving me crazy. Like there's this weird narrative that the Eagles can't stop the run out of the four man front as if they've tried and failed. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. In that game, Jalen Carter, 
was awesome. Yep. He played 21 snaps and did the following things. He he essentially created a sack for Marlon Tuipulutu on a on a TT stunt, or he just like chucked the center off of Tuipulutu. Tuipulutu got an easy sack as a result. He destroyed a double team to get a sack of his own that he oh, half sack with with Fletch. Um, very next play, he violently forced a fumble. Uh, uh, Rashad White caught a pass, and he like came and, and violently forced a fumble. Um, that was right after the uh, interception by the Eagles, and so like that immediately got the ball back. Later, he held on to a double team for long enough that Nicholas Morrow <laughs> was able to penetrate the backfield <laughs> and get a safety. I mean, just think about how long you, you'd have to hold up on that double team. And then there were several <laughs> other there were several other plays where I wrote down his name as well for getting a pressure, forcing an early throw, etc. He was only, he was only out there for twenty one snaps. I just listed four of them, yep. and then there were other ones as well. So he was awesome that game. And watching him against the Giants in last week's film. And I did watch last week's film. I only watched the first half. It was just so disheartening to see him getting thrown to the ground by mm. Ben Bredesen. And, and, you know, like he just looks like he's not, I don't know if he's not in, uh, far be it for me to yeah. talk about whether someone else is in shape. It's been a long season too. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks tired. A little bit less interested. It's just not the same player right now. Sure. He really isn't. And, and it's, and it, and it sucks. It really sucks. I, I wasn't buying the Jordan Davis hype at the beginning of the year. I think he had like two good plays in week two and everyone thought like, Oh, he's here. <laughs> Um, but Jalen Carter, I, I was buying all the hype and, and I think, I still think he's going to be great, but, um, it's been sad to see that he hasn't been the, been the same player. And then just a quick note on that game. And I think this will be key in this game as well. Hopefully, um, Tampa Bay was five for 10 on third down. The, the five they converted were three yards or shorter, all five of them. And the five they couldn't convert were all seven yards or longer. So in that game, it was all about, you know, getting to third and long. And, 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 and being able to get off the field. And for the season, Tampa Bay has been very bad on early downs. They're 30th in success rate on first down, 28th on second down, but then they jump all the way up to ninth on late down. So it's going to be um, strength on weakness on, on, on late downs there when, when Tampa has the ball. Now on the five-man fronts of it. <sighs> yes. Intellectually, I can understand the tendency to think, okay, our linebackers stink. Our defensive line is supposed to be good. We have this personnel. Let's have more of those guys on the field instead of the linebackers or the safeties or the nickels who are you know injured. Right. However, it, that also means that you are forcing yourself most of the time that one of your two best pass rushers is not going to be rushing the passer in passing situations, and you're going to have three defensive tackles rushing. Right. And... I think you can tell us that the stats are are bearing out that it is had it has not been successful. Yeah, look, Shaq Barrett drops into coverage, right? Like uh for Tampa, they they have they have their defensive ends drop, but that's because they're gaining some schematic advantage sure. from the way that the blitz is 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 um, you know, uh, impacting the quarterback and and as a whole the defense is better for it. When the Eagles do it, it looks so awful. I mean, like Hassan Reddick dropping, he's so uncomfortable. He doesn't it's know not what their to DNA. do. You know, like you, yeah, exactly, and 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 it's it's driving me crazy to keep hearing this myth that they're playing these fronts because they can't stop the run out of four man fronts. Like that's just false. In the last three games, I went back and counted, the Eagles have allowed twelve explosive runs by their definition, ten yards or more. Only two of them were against the four man fronts. Good point. They've allowed ten explosive runs out of the five man fronts. It's not like the five man fronts are stopping the run and the four man fronts aren't. And that wasn't a sample size thing. They still play enough four man fronts that the samples are, are pretty even there in terms of the total number of plays. And so the, the like you know 
Kevin Byard blitzing from seven yards deep and Josh Sweat dropping back to cover the middle zone of a 3-3 fire zone is just like like you're putting everybody in such a bad situation. They run a slant flat, which the Giants run more than any other team. And it completely confuses everybody. Like, Josh Sweat chases the running back, and it turns into, like, a whatever number of yard uh, completion it was. And we're seeing this kind of thing happening all the time. I've been trying to tell, like, what is Patricia changing about this defense? Like, what are the actual schematic things he's changing? And all of the changes seem to be things that are just making the players play more slowly. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, the safety it's rotations throughout the year. Not to get, like, too in the weeds about, like, the safety rotations and stuff, but, like, just real basic thing. The safety rotations throughout the year have almost always been that the safety rotates down and covers the flat. And one of the things that, that Patricia does more is he's having the safety rotate straight down and have one of the corners go into the flat, especially when it's in dime personnel. And last week there was a play where Reed Blankenship just let two vertical routes run right by him because he hasn't been in this position where he, where he was the safety rotating down and it turned into a, a, a 26-yard completion over his head because Eli Ricks was covering two guys. Like one of the guys was wide open. And the reason that this is happening, I think, is because he's not comfortable doing it. He hasn't practiced that it. it wasn't installed like earlier in the season. I mean, he's used to being able to go, you right. know, head like like downhill to the flat. That's what I have. And now he's being asked to not only rotate down, but also make sure that there isn't a vertical rock because then you have to go back up. And and these are all things that other defenses do well around the league, but they've been doing it all year. Like they've been trained in doing it. And 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 I feel like the like just adding these wrinkles this late in the season. It's clearly not working. It's it's funny you say that, by the way, because, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the knocks on the Patriots offense last year, and it seems odd to talk about the Eagles defensive coordinator and say one of the knocks <laughs> on the Patriots offense last year, but was that it became complicated for the sake of complication and not not to, like, create the schematic advantage, but just, to, like, to look at this wrinkle that was, that was put in there. And it's almost like that's happening with uh, this Eagles defense. The one, you talk about the safety rotation. I'm curious what both of you guys think because – this isn't just a schematic thing. This is a personnel thing this this weekend. If Blankenship doesn't play, do you move Avante Maddox over to safety because Bradley Roby can play the slot? Do you go with a guy like Tristan McComb or Makai Garner? Um, you know, they're they're down basically to one safety, which is Kevin Byard, because Sidney Brown's on IR and Reed Blankenship's banged up right now. You're being generous when you say one. <laughs> I my inclination is if they're definitely without Blankenship, I probably would play Avante Maddox okay. there. But he has not looked good the last two weeks either. Mm-hmm. Um, In the slot, yeah. Now, it's not like... The thing is, it's not like... Because this is the Patricia defense now, it's not like you can make the case that, well, you know, Tristan McCollum has been practicing as a sure. safety in this defense since since training camp. <laughs> like, he, he should be able to play faster. That's not the case now, yep. right? Because this is ostensibly a new defense. I guess I would rather go down with Avante Maddox on the field and Bradley Roby on the field, but I don't know. What how, What did, I mean, did you have any sense of McCollum from last week? I mean, I didn't watch the second half yeah. film uh, back, so um, I, I, I gave, that was my gift to myself uh, this week. Um, the, I was going to ask you guys what you thought would happen at corner with Slay coming back too. Like, do you think Ricks and, and, uh, and uh, Ringo are just, going to the bench like you know because what had been happening was was Bradbury was playing left corner and then Ringo and Ricks were rotating at right corner and then in the dime package Ringo and Ricks were outside and Bradbury and Maddox were were both inside and I'm curious how that's going to change 
when Slay comes back. I would imagine that Bradbury will still be inside in Dime. Yes. And Slay and one of the young guys will be on the outside. But in, in regular regular downs, I'm guessing it'll just be the, the veterans. Right? My, my strong educated assumption here is that you'll see Bradbury inside uh, on third downs. Um, right, in, in, in Dime. In Dime. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Dime. Week three, by the way, it know. was he Slay was... and Job on the outside when Bradbury uh, playing inside yep. uh, the whole game. I mean, maybe just fast track Bradbury to safety for this game. <laughs> Let the guys on the outside play. Maybe that's the best use of your of your personnel. I mean, he'd probably learn it faster than anyone else. But smart guy. One Bradbury. of the things that I was hoping the Sidney Brown injury would do, at least, is stop from having so many different packages. Yeah. Because, like you know, like Sidney Brown was kind of the tool that Patricia was using to switch from the the big nickel to the regular nickel to the big penny, like back into the dime and all that. But as soon as Sidney Brown went out, Bradley Roby just took over that role. Like, like they were going from Bradley Roby in the nickel on early downs to Maddox on late downs. So Bradley Roby suddenly became the, 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 the third safety, in a sense, in terms of the way that they were using Sidney Brown. I'm guessing that's going to continue in this game um, where they did use a, a decent amount of big nickel uh, against Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay does use uh, 12 personnel a bunch. I, I, I think I think it'll be some Roby on early downs and Maddox on on later downs, um, especially if if they want to use Maddox some at safety. Yeah, we'll see. I guess anything else on the Bucks offense to keep an eye on? Um, they throw deep. Um, you know something that you know Baker Mayfield might not be like might not have the reputation for. Seventy nine twenty plus air yard attempts on the season led the league. Had more twenty plus yard air yard attempts than any other quarterback in the league. Um, and his, you know, his a dot is seventh in the league and all that. So, um, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to throw the ball. And, you know, the last week, it seemed like every third down was like a, like a, it didn't really work last week against Carolina, but, but every third down seemed to be like a long bomb to, to Mike Evans. Well, that's what I've, I've been asking around about what's different between the Eagles defense now and in week three and an answer I've been getting is well, the Bucks offense has changed and And one of the things that I hear uh, is that they're just giving Mike Evans more chances downfield, basically. Like, they're right. they're giving him those 50-50 balls. He he had, what, 60 yards in that game against the Eagles. Uh, he did not have the standout game that he typically has. He had a real nice catch in the second Five half. Five for 60. Like, 40-something 40, 40 of those yards were on that last drive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but when I heard, like, okay, the, how I said, how are they different? And And one thing I've been hearing is, They'll just throw the ball up to Evans and say, here's the right. 6'5", 230-pound receiver. He's going to make a play on the ball. Yeah, kind of McVay, Shanahan school, right? Um, uh, Canales, the offensive coordinator. So a lot of play action. Play action on early downs out of heavy personnel. Um, you know, uh, Fran and Cosell talked about this earlier in the week on their pod. And uh, that is something you see on the film. I mean, like they, they do a lot of the, you know, 12 personnel bootleg type stuff. And, um, you know, Mayfield seems to be comfortable enough uh, uh doing that stuff eagles handled it well week three um we'll see i mean like it was it was uh morrow and cunningham in that game uh as well so uh we'll see we'll see how it goes and then the other thing that i that i heard is that they're a team that doesn't necessarily abandon the run right like they're they're not particularly good again they're they're not a particularly good running team actually i have the not the dvoa but the overall number here they're 32 in the league against the run but like rashad white 
he gets the ball a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. They run it they run it too much. I mean, they're yeah. 28th, 28th DVOA, uh 32nd by success rate. Yes. Yeah, so. Um 32% success rate. It's a, that's awful. Yeah. Um and they, and they and they continue to they continue to do it. Um they're of the school of thought that like if we keep doing it the play action will exactly. work better. Yeah. All right, Zach, let's get into Goose Wisely. Let's do it. Now you are down 2 as we head into the playoffs. I think tell me if you think this is fair. Just make, making up the rules. Scoring-wise. Here we go, yeah. Uh, first round of the playoffs counts for 1.5. Second okay. round of the playoff counts for two. Third round, 2.5, Super Bowl three. Wow. And if, if they lose, are we still doing goose low? Are we doing it with other games next weekend? No. So, the season, so this is only the Eagles season. Yes. So, so if the Eagles lose, I'm, I'm, I lost. Zach. Okay, Zach, fair Zach, enough. Zach, let me, let me help you out here. Last year, the Swooper was definitely... Two in the first playoff game. Yes, but they were they were and then it buy. went and then it went up to and then it went up to. Hmm. Okay, all right, mm. I'm going by round. Mm. I'm open to a conversation, but <laughs> I'll I'll no, that's fine. Okay. Let's 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 do one and a half. Okay, uh, they'll give yeah, they'll give incentive for if there's a show next week about yeah. the Eagles win. You know, so okay, all right. See, uh, if you made it two, it would be exciting because you could have the tiebreaker be point differential. And then Zach would have to win by four or something to have a chance. Mm. Wouldn't that be? I, I think that would be better you guys for are both the spectacle. On the Eagles losing Zach, this game. I think you're down by four in the the total Point points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I won't do my predictions yet, but look, I'm, I'm okay with that. You. Okay. I think I think I think we should do it that way. So two not points to interject. And, in your so two points. That's fine with sacred me. Sacred game. Okay. And then are we doing? So is every round two or uh, are you? Are no, we, it's got to go up by one every. But by point five. Or well, by, it's not going to matter, right? Because if it if it. Yeah, it, no, it'll because be it'll be like the yeah, tiebreaker yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Let's say two. Fair enough. All right. Uh, I'll go first. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith's combined touches is more than the snaps played by Olamide Zacchaeus, Quez Watkins, and Grant, Grant Calcaterra. Or Julio Jones scores a touchdown. Huh. So this is counting on AJ probably not playing. I, w- I would imagine because those touches, those snaps are higher. Otherwise, uh, let's go with let's go with Julio Jones touchdown. Was Julio in Tampa long enough to care about this uh, game as a, as a revenge he's, game? He's an Alabama guy. He cares about every game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, similarly, I, I have a Devonte AJ one here for you. Devonte or AJ Brown has at least one hundred yards. Or Mike Evans or Christian or Chris Godwin has at least 100 yards. So this is not and, this is or. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I'm going to say uh, Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown has at least 100 yards. Which one would you have, have gone with? I probably would have gone with Evans or uh, Godwin. But yeah. if, if I do think the Eagles are, are going to run the ball more this week. If fans are looking for a villain, Chris Godwin's from around here, right? He's from Delaware. Yeah, yeah Middletown, uh, I believe. But, but he said yesterday that um, he was rooting for the Bucks in oh, the Rondé Barber game. Oh. Um, because uh, he was on the Bucks, like bandwagon then? in his in his uh, like, like his in league. his little league, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, I guess that's it. not really yeah reason to make him a villain. I love how you're watching the Bucks media. Oh, got to be all over. It's playoff it's over. Yeah. All right, Zach, one point five speed on those. Next for you, uh, Baker Mayfield throws for more yards than Jalen Hurts does, or Rashad White rushes for more yards than DeAndre Swift does. Good one here, because like I just said, they. they they kind of commit to the run. Rashad White has over a thousand yards, but I think under four yards to carry. Um, I'm gonna go with Swift rushing yards here. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, yes. Wh- which one are you taking? It's not. Uh, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, you're, I think Swift's gonna have more rushing. So yards you're gonna than t- you're taking Mayfield out throws Jalen. No, no, because you have White has more rushing yards than Swift. So I think Swift's gonna have more rushing yards than White. So, so that means, that means I will you're go taking bigger yeah. throws for gotcha. more yards. Okay, than okay, all right. I see what you're saying here. Okay. Um, Which of those two things yeah. is more likely? Yeah, I, I understand. I understand. Mayfield passing yards. Uh, yeah, I would say Mayfield having more passing yards than Jalen. Okay. Uh, I am up here. Which one would you have gone with? Uh, I think I would have taken that too. Okay. The Eagles give up 28 or more points. Or the Eagles give up 14 or fewer points. The Eagles give up 28 or more points. <laughs> so you're expecting a shootout here. And that's going to be my golden goose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I'm not betting on this defense to hold anybody under 14 now, points. Uh, just as we talked about a few times this week, the Bucks scored nine total points against Carolina last week. Carolina has a decent defense. They're bad on offense. Uh, but they were held to three field goals against Carolina. They, they're scoring this season uh, points per game is 20.5 points, which is 20th in the NFL. Yeah, watch the film of that game. There's a, just a lot of like run for three, run for two, and then incomplete bomb, you know, kind of kind of stuff. It just is. They, they thought they could just, they thought they yeah, could not Yeah. All right, Zach. Uh, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, their snaps in coverage is greater than the snaps played by Tristan McCollum on defense. Hmm. Or... The two edge rushers combine for at least two sacks. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to go with, so this is a hard one here because I don't know the blanket ship situation here and they could always go with Maddox. I got to go with Reddick sweat snaps in coverage because this, these wow. edge, the jazz rushers haven't given me the two plus is a big number here. Yeah. And they, if, if it was like one and a half, maybe. I, I would have gone with that because I can see I can see one okay. and a half sacks, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the snaps and coverage. Okay. Just a note on McCollum that's interesting. Watching the Tampa Bay defense, um, they do an interesting thing where on late downs they actually bring in Zion McCollum, Justin's yes. uh, twin, say. who is a corner normally. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been bringing him in to play safety on late downs. So Ryan Neal comes out of the game and Zion McCollum comes on, and um, Ryan Neal, that's, former Eagle. That's there. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's their for that's their um their their like passing downs look involves Zion McCollum as a safety. So that's the way they've been using him. Yeah, big game for the for the McCollum family. Might have had a conversation about that. So oh, okay. Uh, here you go. Marcus Mariota plays a snap, or Kyle Trask plays a snap. 
Two injured quarterbacks. Uh, I'm going to take Marcus Mariota plays a snap. Okay. That's probably what I would have gone with it too. Uh, my last one for you. The Eagles lose mm-hmm. or either a pylon gets knocked over in the field uh, during a play or a kick hits the upright or the crossbar. <laughs> so I, I don't know what the data is for the pylon or the kicks, but I know this is a tight point spread here. So I'm going to go with Eagles lose. Uh, wow. Hater. Professor Selma, can you help me with with that with one? With the pylon? Yeah. What's Those more of the pylon guy. I'm more of the logo guy. Like I, I would have had a logo one. Yeah, that, I mean, that logo at midfield is so big. Um, that, I remember you know, that the, from the last game. Yeah, yeah, the ball hitting the logo yes. is always like a. Fun is there one. like a a greater than eighteen yard chance? wide logo in the middle of the field? Very distracting. Is there a greater than forty five percent chance that the that the ball hits a pi- that a pylon gets knocked over or the ball hits the upright or crossbar? <laughs> no. Okay, so then I, I like I, I like <laughs> okay. that pick here. All right. So this one here, this last one, um, because this is this is uh, goose wisely here. Uh, this is presuming an Eagles win. Okay, so those those are the only options for this hitting. Okay. Okay, because I, I as I learned from from Professor Selman earlier this year that some of my submissions didn't hit at all. Okay. Okay, so this one has a chance of not hitting at all, but the Eagles play in Dallas. Or Detroit next week, or the Eagles play in San Francisco next week. Mm. Okay, so will will there will either the there Lions, is a fourth possibility? Yes, we, yeah, Rams, we discussed that. The Eagles yeah, could have a home game. Rams come yeah, here, yeah, yeah, but we can't have three options here. So, right, so okay, so will only one of the Packers or Rams win? Basically, is the here way this here. Way. How about we add right. the Eagles home game in this as well? Okay, okay, so basically, they play in San Francisco. They win and play in San Francisco, or they win and don't. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, well, if if that's the case, then I'm going to go for one of the upsets. I feel like the the combined odds of one of those two underdogs winning is greater than the odds of neither of them winning. So yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And that's true, like gambling market right, wise right, as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Upset? No. Do you know which uh, one you want? I think that the odds of me uh, for me hitting is probably highest for uh, the Eagles losing because that's that's like a okay yeah. So, so the pylon is a golden goose. That'll be very exciting when that happens in the game. All right. The Lions have won one playoff game in the last sixty-five years. I went back and looked pre-Super Bowl era as well, um, and that is uh, you know. Depressing. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Slay's really looking unbelievable. forward to watching this game on uh, Saturday night or Sunday. Night. Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday night. I'm still on. Is he rooting for them? He he has a real good quote about how the script makers uh, really worked this one out. So I'll put that on Twitter later today. Okay. Now keep in mind, uh, because this is a Monday game, this is like a, a, a Friday, Thursday in yep. the complex. That means that uh, we won't have the full injury report stuff until tomorrow. So make sure that you're following Zach on Twitter and uh, on all phly.com we'll have our email back and forth this weekend but before we do that zach it's time for our crystal ball to go predictions how are you feeling how am i feeling so i've been accused of being an eagles apologist throughout the week and i can't explain what has gone on with this team it's beyond explanation this is this is ugly this is bad uh, there's a lot of people at fault for this, but I, I'm, I think there's a lot more we'll find out. We'll find out after the season. That said, I think the Eagles are the are a better football team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, despite what recent evidence would suggest. 
I think they have more talent. I think that they are, there's just, I saw these two teams play in week three. I understand that's a long time ago. Uh, and the Eagles are favored to win. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be a finesse oriented game. I think this is going to be a game where the Eagles rely on their lines of scrimmage. I think they'll run the ball a little bit more. I don't know how, how Jalen's going to look throwing the ball. That's a big variable. I don't know if A.J. Brown's going to play. That's a big variable. So perhaps my, my uh, prediction is different in our email exchange. But right now for the show, this isn't a matter of... I actually think pandering right now would be predicting them to lose because that seems to be the sentiment of the fan base right now. But I, I, what I, th- I, I need to give you what I honestly think. And I honestly think the Eagles are a better football team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so I don't think... I think this is going to be an ugly game. And I think the Eagles are going to escape with a victory. I am going with 23-16. to 16. Eagles win. Ooh. A bigger than the three. I thought you were gonna. They were gonna win by four. This is a big one for you. You know what? Let's so. actually. No, let's no, go. No, let's no, go. No, let's, no, no, stick with it. No, let's let's go twenty-one to seventeen. Okay, wow. twenty-one to seventeen. Okay. Uh, before we get to my prediction, keep in mind we've got new merch on the PHLY locker. So make sure you check all that out. Look at that! Some fantastic hoodies, just in time for hoodie season. All that good stuff and new hats as well. Uh, you can you can look like Zach because if you want to be fashionable, that's what you need to do. Uh, all right, I you look at it, you, you you compare the lineups, you compare the personnel. It's hard to think that the Eagles are going to lose this game just on paper. Uh, Vegas is predicting them to win, or at least setting it up that way. I just I can't believe in this team right now, hmm. um, and I think. In my mind, it sort of goes the way of the Cardinals game in that I think they come out better than they have looked the past couple weeks. I think they've got a, a, a solid game plan together. But I feel like once a little bit of adversity hits this team, I think there's a part of them that's like, you know, put us out of our misery. And I think in the second half, they're going to, like the Bucks are going to come back and uh, they're going to have a nice feel-good victory. Baker Mayfield's, you know, doing pistol shots uh, around, and unfortunately, the Eagles head into the offseason, I'm sorry to say. Uh, I think it's better for us if we have longer content, and if we can get <laughs> some more playoff stuff, so uh, that would be nice. But I think as, as Jamie and I are at Wicked Wolf drinking down our smooth tea, people are, like, throwing, throwing their smooth tea at the screen because uh, this team is, is I think... Setting us up for for even more disappointment. I'm sorry to say. So I'm going to say the Bucks win this game, 28. So I get my uh, goose wisely here to 27. Wow. So you take the over. Uh, yeah. The over is 42 and a half, I believe. Over okay. Under. If I can say two quick things. One follow Please. up uh, to uh, last week. There's some hope for the defense because my cousin Defna responded to. The, the clip you guys put out of, ah. of me talking about the Turkish translation yes. of the novelization of Dead Poet Society. She said it was one of the best books she's read. <laughs> okay. And it was... Did you like my caption, was, by the way? Yeah, yeah it was fantastic. Okay. I was wondering if that was you, actually. <laughs> I was forgot to ask. Um, very good. Um, technically that... Well, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll I, figured it, I figured it could be There's a technicality. Yeah, 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 there's a technicality. But um, 
the uh she said it was the only book she remembers from those years oh, that, that she read okay. that she didn't remember any of the other books she read that summer i feel example. like that may be how we feel about said this it was very good she events. actually commented on the youtube video as well oh, I didn't uh, that. said that you know it was a very good book so um so maybe maybe the turkish translation can be good you know when the i mean players I do, need this to, defense no, is going to be she memorable. is a native turkish speaker so you know like i said the players don't know turkish mm. so there's there's still a bit of an issue but um yeah so that's 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 one thing the other thing from a fan perspective, yes, I, I I agree with Bo what he said Wednesday that this could be the best chance of winning the Super Bowl in the next three to four years. Mm, That's always right. true in the playoffs. This team has to win four games to win the Super Bowl right now. I know that sounds crazy and it seems like yeah. impossible, right? But it's only four games. Like yeah. it's not like you know the, the team doesn't have to like like redefine, right? You know, like like doesn't have to go on this incredible comprehensive run. Sixteen quarters. You could get yeah. some weird luck and end up playing, yeah. you know, like you know, not playing San Francisco next exactly. week, you know, things like that. Um, all of that can you can you can end up not playing San Francisco at all. You know, like like they could lose. You know, like uh, all these things could happen, but. The thing is, like, if the team's wondering, like, why isn't there a playoff atmosphere? Like, why, why, why aren't, why don't the fans seem to care about this game? Like, give us a reason <laughs> to care, right? Like, look like you care. And when you watch this team the last couple of weeks on the field, like Keely Ringo gets a sack. It's like a rookie getting a sack on a on a corner, but which I weirdly predicted on the. On yeah. the <laughs> And, and nobody celebrates with him. Like no one goes and like even like like high fives him. I mean, like like the the team doesn't look like they're together and care about each other. The, the two plays that that annoyed me the most on offense last week were the fumble. The guy recovers the fumble. He's lying on the ground, and no one went to tag yeah. him. No one went to tag him. It's 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 McFadden. He's like a slow linebacker. Yeah. He's not even planning on returning the fumble. He lies on the ground for and like two seconds. He gets up and looks around like, oh gets wow. Up, oh, okay. And he oh, actually got go. he yeah. actually got fumble return yards on the play because no one tagged him down. And then one that annoyed me even more, Jalen Hurts gets cheap shot. I saw that cheap shot it on the quarterback sneak where okay okay just like flies over the pile and and cheap shots him. No one says anything to the guy. No one gets in his face. Like like Jalen's kind of like shaking his head. Like what the hell was that? And no one got in the guy's face. And a team that's together, like when your franchise quarterback takes a shot like that on a play like that. Sure. I mean, like Jason Peters would have body slammed the guy. Fight the whole team. Right? And so, yeah. like, when you have a team that doesn't look like they care on the field. That's a great point. It's really hard to care. And, like, as, as like, the, like, I'm the biggest Eagles fan I know. And I'm having trouble caring about this. Right? Like, of course I care about it. Of course I'm doing all my, I'm going through yeah. all the motions and everything else. But like when that game starts, normally my biggest like thing that I'm looking for when a game starts is the other team. Like, what are they doing? Are they playing? You know, are they going to play this way? Are they going to play that way? Like, how are we going to adjust to that? Because I know my team and I'm going into this game not knowing my team. Hmm. Like, I have a better sense of what Tampa Bay is going to do. You know, they're going to sure. bring Zion McCollum on and do this and play this way and do this. I have a much better sense of who they are than of what my own team is that I've been watching every single week. And I don't understand how this happened. I don't understand how it got here this quick. But like, like you have to show us that you're worth our emotional investment. And, and, and that hasn't been happening. And one of the things that we love as fans is when the guys look like they, they like each other and, and they're playing for each other. And it's this, it's this myth of like, like we don't actually know these people, sure. right? Like it's like, like we're rooting for them as part of this societal ritual. But that ritual only works... If you give us reason to believe in this in this thing, right, and 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 it and it and and that hasn't been there, and it has to, you know, it has to arrive quick, 
And it can't just be like a disinterested looking win against a, 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 a you know, a, like a kind of average team. It has to look like not only did you win, but that you were happy that you won. I think it's it, beautifully said. And I think it is the great question about this team. Like, is that, is that a thing that you can even turn on or is it already past time for that and too late? And, and my supposition is that it probably is. If I can ask you the fan perspective real quick on two scenarios, one if they win this game, is everyone back? Uh, and two, when I say everyone back, like are the fans back on yeah. this team? And two, if they lose this game, do you want Sirianni out? I, I like Sirianni. I mean, okay. I don't want him out. Like my, my first answer to that question is no. I don't. Okay. I don't want him out. You know, I. I, I mean, there will be plenty of time to talk about that. Sure. It, it almost seems absurd given the record and sure. every, and everything else. Um, is everybody back? I can't speak for other people. If the Eagles are going into a divisional playoff game, like there's only eight teams left. Sure. Um, you know, and, and maybe maybe people's attitudes will change as like the playoffs start tomorrow. Like just seeing the sure. other games and being like, oh, the Eagles are in this. Like, you know, like technically there will be nine teams left and the Eagles will be yep. one of them, right? Going into Monday night. Um, maybe there'll be a little bit more of a like and and again, if the team looks good, if 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 they if they look happy that they won and all that, um, then um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, going into Dallas for a divisional game, like, are we really not going to get excited sure. about that? Like, like how, how could that be, you know? But I don't know. And it's crazy that I don't know, but I don't know. All right. Well, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the PHLY kicker. I like that. Eagles podcast. Uh, again, stay tuned to Zach's Twitter and all PHLY.com for what happens over the course of the next couple of days. And then we will be at Wicked Wolf. On Monday night for the kickoff show, Jamie Lynch and myself with Zach live from uh, Bananas Foster headquarters. That's my dessert for the week. And then we've got the postgame show afterwards to talk about everything that happens in this wild card round game for the Eagles. That seems like a referendum on the team and the coach and everything that is going to happen moving forward. So. For Dan Is and Julia and Zach, we thank you for listening. Oh, by the way, very quickly, people were asking what happened with the ping pong match yesterday. I got no shade to throw. I, t I, I did get the win, but Shield is he's got a very good forehand, played very well. Uh, good game, but I did take the, the win for uh, just for the record. Uh, Thanks for getting that in there. Thank you for everybody for listening and watching. We will talk to you on Monday night. And as always, we love you. Mm -hmm. Like the mayor, 